This is the Meltdown presented by MyBookie, broadcasting live from the Culver studio. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, most people call Twitter X now. John refuses to do no. so. I will continue to say that every no. day until he changes his ways. Uh, as mentioned, I am Tim Melton. That is John Lunsford. We appreciate our title sponsor, MyBookie, who makes all of this happen, John. Yeah, look, go to MyBookie.ag, play everything there. It's hockey season. I've been playing some hockey now. Hadn't been doing really good in it, but, you know, it's still fun to play it. But uh, you can head to MyBookie.ag. You can play in the live casino, play NBA, college basketball, NHL, uh, all kind of stuff there. So, yeah, head over there. Use code next round, promo code next round when you first sign up and get a first deposit bonus there in your account. So you get a little extra from MyBookie as well. Uh, that's MyBookie.ag. And of course, thanks to them for sponsoring us here at the Meltdown and the next round and everything here with Disrupts Media. So uh, yeah, head to MyBookie.ag. And I've got to talk about our studio sponsor. That is Culver's. Guess what I had to eat last night, John? Uh, Culver's? That's a good guess. Whoa. Correct. Culver's is fantastic. I love their butter burgers. I had two of them last night. A big guy needing my butter burger fix, and I got that at Culver's uh, near your neck of the woods. Tell people yeah. where that Culver's is located. Because yeah, so if you know Highway 150 there yeah. in uh, Hoover, it's uh, in the Trace Crossings area, Trace Crossings area there. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, right down the street from my house, so it's an easy go for me. Also right down the street from the Hoover mat, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So Close enough. Hoover High School, all that. Yeah. So Culver's love Culver's uh, a lot to get to today on the show, including last night we played a little bit of poker. Yep. It's what we do since 2019. We've been playing in John's poker league. I call it John's poker league. It's really our poker league, but you host it. So it's officially yours. Close enough. That's been the best thing ever. And we've had so many memorable nights. Lunsford, do you actually enjoy hosting these poker nights and 15 people in your poker room every Monday? You know, I enjoy it a lot more when I win money. Um, that has not happened in a while. So I still enjoy it a little bit, I guess. What do you think your problem is? Why can't you get over the hump? Uh, poker stupid. <clears throat> Gambling. Gambling is fun, but poker is uh, stupid, and I'd rather go play blackjack, which you can do at mybookie.ag, by the way, in their live <laughs> casino. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm just in a rut right now, I guess. Okay. The thing is, we play specialty games. We have like a season where we keep points and stuff. We play the specialty games. I've done well in almost every single one of those we played. And then we play an actual season game where we keep points and right. track everything. And I'm like last. Yeah. So basically, if the championship game was played in the preseason, you would be the champion of that. But with it being played in the regular season, really leading for the regular season to the postseason, not yeah. so much. I did win the last championship we played, though. So. Yeah. Uh, I want to introduce a cast of characters that will be uh, working here with us on the Meltdown, one of which is EG, who joins us. She's going to be our chat correspondent. I am. When you chat, she's there to uh, not only interact, but to give us a little bit exactly. of what the mood of the chat is yes. like. Yes, chat checkpoints, if you will. Chat checkpoints. Who came up with that? That was good. That, that was, was you. Me. I forgot that about was it, you. you brought it back. So humble. That's so important. So uh, I wasn't here for that. EG is monitoring the chat. We also have Tyler back there punching the buttons, and he's just going to give a friendly wave. Everybody loves the lovable uh, intern, <laughs> former intern, the lovable boy that was known as Tyler, who's now a businessman, and there he is, making things happen, smiling, not nod a little bit, Tyler. Put yourself back on camera and nod. I just like how you're not he's not a cute little boy anymore. He's like a, no, he's a an man. old man. He's a man now. He's an established figure. You're here. still a cute little boy to me, Tyler. Yes. Um, can we just say I think I deserve a, a little bit of praise for my poker run here recently? I mean, I've won the if past so. two seasons, and then last night I took over the lead in the points this season. Only because number one wasn't there. I'm just saying the king is back. That's there all I'm it saying. Is. We were all waiting for it. For those that don't know, I say that a lot. A lot. The poker table. He doesn't stop. No. He said it 20 times today when I'm even playing poker, so. yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm big on that. But EG, you cashed for the first time ever. I did. So I was a, I'm the newest member of the poker club, I think. The newest one that has been initiated in. Yeah, it so Reed, I think, did get it before you because right you missed a day somewhere in there. Yeah. I missed, it was in October, yeah. November, I think. Yeah. I think I had to go to Statesboro. All that to say, I have enjoyed my poker debut. And prior to the poker club, I had never played poker before. I don't think that's extremely uncommon at 22 to not dabble in the art of poker, Texas Hold'em, but I was welcomed into the fold, and for the first time, I cashed last yeah. night, 
87 bucks in my pocket. There you go. And it was a good feeling. I, I was making moves, as I said, with the cards, the chips, and the people. Who eliminated you? You did. It was. I just keep asking you questions that lead back yeah, it does. to the king because the king is back, my friends. Um, All right, this has been fun. No, this, <laughs> no, don't leave. Hey, Rocky's already left. We're losing people like flies in here. Um, let, let me just share something with you guys. Um, I have odd dreams when I eat a certain type of food. It's not Culver's. Culver's does not give me odd dreams. But when I eat another certain type of food, it's a pizza joint. When I eat at that place, it gives me weird dreams, and I don't know what it is. But it's almost like a hallucinogen or something. And I know it's crazy. No one ever believes me, but it's true. And I had, a, I had that pizza this past weekend. I had a dream about our first show. And it took place in a, a boot barn in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Huh. I don't know why we ended up making that our first show. But, like, you were running around the whole time and I couldn't find you. And then, like, Rocky Can you would- ever expect me in a boot barn? Uh, no, I do I've not. I've never owned a pair of cowboy boots. I never will own a pair of cowboy boots. Unless we have any lovely sponsors out there that would like to join the team. Hey, that'll get me to do it, yeah. Make size 18 cowboy boots. But I had this horrible nightmare that we had a, uh, a horrible show in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee at a boot barn. And I couldn't find you half the time. And it really was a train wreck of a show. So all the smell of leather made me go crazy and running around circles. I guess all I'm saying is I'm glad that the first episode went better than my nightmare <laughs> had it uh, play out. But uh, thanks to all of those that watched our very first episode yesterday. Every day we'll work to give you the absolute best we've got. We really enjoyed all of the different interaction within the chat. And no matter how you're watching, you can jump in there. Leave a comment, and EG will track down some of those for us. EG, whenever you have some, just let me know. Give me a signal. Give me a caca, something okay. like that. I'll put my own spin on it. <laughs> yeah, do that. We'll see. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors, Realtor Jim Wilson, Culver's, Alabama Dental Associates, uh, my bookie and way to wellness. John, you've got another weigh-in coming up uh, here real soon. You've been very committed to the program. I have. Look, way to wellness has been incredible. Uh, Leslie and her team there have helped me drop, uh, getting close to 40 pounds now in uh, a little under five weeks. It'll be five weeks tomorrow, actually, um, since I uh, started that program. Look, Jim did a great job with it. Jim Dunaway for the next round. Uh, my dad has done a good job with it. He's been on it for about a year now, and so it's like, hey, I'm going to jump in there and give it a go. So, uh, you know, it's been really uh, actually kind of fun learning uh, how to make some changes uh, within my life and and learn things, uh, you know, a little differently from how I've done it my whole life. Being an offensive lineman, you kind of had a certain regimen that I had to do all through high school and all through playing college ball. And then uh, real life hits you right in the face. And so um, Leslie and her team have really helped me out and uh, put me on a good plan. Go to planforme.com. It's a, there's a plan for me. There's a special plan for you. There's a special plan for everybody out there, a plan for me.com. That'll get you started there with way to wellness. You can go in get that consultation, see if the program is right for you. Uh, go to a plan for me.com. All right. Uh, part of this program will be discussing the latest in entertainment news and headlines. And I have seen today where the movie roadhouse is being discussed a lot. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, he's sort of making the rounds, talking about all of the drama surrounding the Amazon Prime release of Roadhouse, a remake of the 1989 classic that starred Patrick Swayze. And director Doug Lehman has been boycotting this particular film and its release due to Amazon's decision to not release the film in theaters. The new Roadhouse is premiering at South by Southwest, but Lehman says he refuses to attend. The director of the movie refuses to attend the premiere. Is this petty, John? Or do you see someone here that's taking a stand for the theatrical distribution system? Which one does this play out as in your mind? So um, I understand from the streamer's perspective, you got to have originals that are for your platform. So therefore, people are more inclined to say, I need to buy that to watch whatever it is. We've seen... Peacock do that um, with some of their sporting events. Like, you got to go to Peacock to watch it. Um, You know, look, here's the thing. Roadhouse in the grand scheme of cinema this year is way down the list in terms of importance. Now, it could be fun. It it looks a little trashy, but it could be fun. Look, there's plenty of fun movies that when it comes down to it, you rank, you know, I've ranked in the 40s and 50s of uh, overall movies I've seen that year. But... It's also a name that's 
you know, people will remember that movie was an eighties movie, wasn't it? They're like, you'll remember the old Patrick Swayze version. And there's some nostalgia will come up and you may go to the theater and see it. Or it's cheaper to just get prime for a month and watch it at home. So, um, we're going to talk about movie theaters a lot here in a second, but like, I have no problem with what they're doing, releasing it there. I have no problem with the director being upset that it's not going into theaters. I would love to see the agreement on how payment happens within that movie from not only his perspective, but Jake Gyllenhaal's perspective, what they pay Conor McGregor to get him to come in there. There's a lot when it comes to these movies. And if you could see the fine print for all of them and not just this and prime, but yeah. anything on Disney plus anything on Peacock, any of these streaming services, how that breakdown happens. And if there's a little bit of, Hey, box office percentage that you, you might not have known it was going to be streaming only when you first you know started working on the movie that then I understand why he's mad, but also understand Amazon's decision as well. Finances is a big part of this. And it seems as if they took a lot of their money up front with the production here, instead of banking on those box office receipts, because they agreed to kind of go streaming only. I'll, I'll give you some more information here. In a new interview with Total Film Magazine, Gyllenhaal confirmed a report by Variety about Roadhouse that it was always intended for a global streaming release. Sources familiar with the negotiations told Variety that Lehman, Gyllenhaal, and producer Joel Silver were given a choice. Make the film for $60 million and get a theatrical release or make the film for $85 million with a lot of that going directly to them and go streaming only, and they opted for the latter, taking the money up front, taking the sure bet. Hall told Total Film, quote, I adore Doug's tenacity, and I think he's advocating for filmmakers and film in the cinema and theatrical releases, but I mean, Amazon was always clear that it was streaming. I just want as many people to see it as possible, and I think we're living in a world that's changing in how we see and watch movies and how they're made. What's clear to me and what I loved so much was Lehman's deep love for this movie and his pride at how much he cares for it, how good he feels it is, and how much people should see it. John, how can you convince people to see a movie when the whole marketing campaign has become the director saying, I hate the way my movie's being presented? Doesn't it, it's a hard sell at doesn't that point. it derail the momentum of this film altogether? It does, and if I'm a director, and I, honestly, I don't know that director off the top of my head, but I'm sure you could probably find stuff he's done, but... Like, I would have to kind of bite the bullet and just go to some of this stuff and realize, come my next project, because I saw he had a bunch of movies in the filmography, but I hadn't looked at it. Come my next project, there's going to be some changes to the contract I ultimately sign with Amazon or whatever studio he actually works with. So while you were talking, I pulled up the deal that part of the reason he got mad, they said they were going to do 12 to 15 films through MGM, which they bought. I'm sitting here looking. There are a ton of movies they're working on now. A lot of those aren't necessarily big movies you would get out there. Amazon, uh, at, along with all the you know streaming providers out there, they do a ton of movies that you don't necessarily see in theaters. When you're scrolling through Netflix, how many movies do you see? It's like, I don't even heard of that, that they just release on Netflix. Now, certain Netflix movie movies like you know Power of the Dog, when it came out, look, they'll do the theatrical run for a little bit to get some Oscar buzz and award buzz and stuff like that. But there's a lot of movies I'm sitting here looking at but they all so far are just going on prime. So I am curious. There's plenty of them to choose from roadhouse being one of those, yeah. but how many of these are they actually going to put out there? Cause then at the end of the year, I think he has more of a gripe where do the press tour. Now get as much as you possibly can get people's eyeballs on your film because you're going to have to go find a job after this to do some movie. And then after the fact, if it's like, Hey, Amazon didn't honor their agreement. They said it's going to go to theater. It went to prime. Okay. I'm fine with that. Then they said this is going to happen. Didn't happen. Okay, I'm fine with that. But then at one point, it's like, okay, this is too much. They didn't agree. I uh, didn't honor what they agreed to with MGM. They didn't release 12 to 15 films. They did two instead and then come back and say, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to work with y'all anymore. Y'all really kind of screwed me over on Roadhouse and move on to your next thing. Lehman, Instead of killing it from the beginning. This has got a lot of different ramifications for the entire business model of the way in which movies are released. Is Roadhouse something that we're this passionate about? Obviously not. John has it ranked number 50 or 60 in his amount of movies that he really wants to see this year based on his own. He hadn't even seen it yet, and he's pretty I much already it ranked it there. You didn't put it on your list, I don't think. <laughs> but I think it's going to be a kind of a fun movie. The trailer was wild. Uh, you look at the cast of this film, and Conor McGregor looks absolutely insane in this role as playing sort of the so it's Conor McGregor. villainous character. He does look like he's playing himself. Uh, Lehman, the director, wrote a first-person essay on Deadline saying, quote, Amazon has no interest in supporting cinema. 
Amazon will exclusively stream Roadhouse on Amazon's Prime. Amazon asked me and the film community to trust them in their public statements about supporting cinemas, and then they turned around and are using Roadhouse to sell plumbing fixtures. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> you ever want to diss somebody out on the basketball court or something? You sell plumbing fixtures. That's what you should go with. That's what I'm going to use next hey, time we play a next Amazon's great. I bought half the things in this room on Amazon, so don't diss yeah. them too much. Uh, he says it hurts the filmmakers and stars of Roadhouse who don't share in the upside of a hit movie on a streaming platform, and they deprive Jake Gyllenhaal. Ready for this? He says who gives a career best performance. The opportunity to be recognized come award season. All right. Now we're going a step okay. too far. Has anybody seen the trailer to Roadhouse? There's no way Jake Gyllenhaal's winning anything awards-wise from this film. There's no way. This is The this minute is they first announced this, this remake, it's like, it's not going to be an award movie. But look, yeah. there's plenty of movies you go see for fun. You talked yeah. about this could be a fun movie to watch. But it ain't going to win any awards. It's not. It's silly. The, he says the impact goes far beyond this one movie. This could be industry shaping for decades to come. So that's why we're talking about it today. Roadhouse streaming on Amazon Prime, where you can also get your plumbing fixtures there March 21st. From Roadhouse to buying and selling houses, remember our friend Jim Wilson with Location Real Estate. Jim is the real deal. He is still active with the U.S. military and is dedicated not only to our country, but his clients. Jim is only happy when you're happy. Each of Jim Wilson's clients has his full attention and devotion to get what they need and want. Not only during the home buying or selling experience, but every day after, he is an advocate for you. How do you get in touch with Jim Wilson? You can do it a number of different ways, including this number, 205-329-4758. That's 205-329-4758. Or you can visit jimwilson.com locationre.com location with a k we appreciate our friend jim wilson all right let's go to eg for beep, some beep, chat beep. reaction chat, chat check, check in ch- i thought I it was like checkpoint it. i know but i like kind of like chat check in that's what i'm going to say in the she chat she wrote chat check in in the chat and so then it has to be that i guess now <sighs> it's going to be what, what did you say it was chat checkpoint it's a checkpoint well, now it's we're at a the checkpoint check we're at the chat checkpoint check you can't even say I can't it even now. Say it. Okay. Check, check so my question was best movie remake. I personally am not a huge fan of movie remakes. I think we need some originality. And Brock Trice on YouTube agreed agreed with me. He said none. Troy said, does the Hobbit count? Andrew, Ocean's Eleven or A Star is Born. We had a lot of stars born. And then Jody came with True Grit, which many people agreed with. True Grit is a, a great remake. Stars Born. It was remade for, what, the fourth time? I believe so, yeah. Yes. And thought it was fantastic with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Number one that year. Yeah, you were high on that movie long before it came out, but uh, I I was made a believer by that uh, performance that um, Lady Gaga gave, the performance Bradley Cooper gave. It's great all the way around. Um, so that's, that's definitely how on the list. What do you think is the best remake of all time, John? Or do you think that that's I mean, I think A Star is Born, is it? Oh, you think that is? Yeah. Okay. I've I have not seen the original. I've seen most of the Barbara Streisand, Chris Christopherson one, but knowing the lore and the pop culture of it, and then seeing what it was, that's I think that's that's got to be up there. Really, I mean, it's my number one movie of the year that year. It's it's one of my favorite movies. to Go back and watch. It's because of the music and everything in it. And we both like Bradley Cooper. We both like Lady Gaga. A big reason why we're looking forward to movies like Joker. So I got to go with that. Yeah, Joker two. For those that don't know, will be a musical. And it stars Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn. And there's a lot riding on this project, John. Warner Brothers needs this to be a big hit. They kind of undervalued the original production of the first Joker movie, and it went on to make over a billion dollars, became one of the highest grossing R-rated films in the country, domestically ever. Um, And it ended up winning awards during Oscar season for its music, for Joaquin Phoenix, there's a lot riding on this one, but it being a musical, I think is going to be very polarizing for a lot of people. It's my number one most anticipated movie of the year. It is, and I can't remember if it was you that told me or somebody else that they're kind of getting away from the musical, like promoting it as a musical a little bit. Correct. Which I think is a huge mistake because then you're going to have a – it could hurt word of mouth if people go in. It's like that was – if they don't like it, then it's like that's, it's a musical, guys. I mean, come on. If, you kinda, if that's how you find out it's a musical or like Mean Girls wasn't promoted as a musical and you go in and the third time they start breaking out into song – Everybody in the theater starts laughing at it. Immediately, no. Yeah, it's uh. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, okay, that's bad for future growth of the movie and potentially trying to hit that billion mark again. Mean Girls was very top heavy in its box office results due to the fact that 
they didn't promote it transparently as being a musical. Wonka was not promoted as being a musical. Guess yeah. what? It was, and it's made Buku's of money because it's just really good. And maybe there would have been people who said, I'm not going to go watch the Willy Wonka movie because I hate musicals. And they may have had some sort of uh, bias against it before even seeing it, but it ended up being a, a really quality film and it continues to make tons of money. And Timothy Chalamet after Dune comes out this week, we'll probably have two movies in the top 10 at the same time, which if you want to talk about, you know, biggest stars in the world right now, he's got to be in the discussion for definitely, you know, the, uh, the biggest youngest star in Hollywood today. At least the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was a musical though, to where, yeah. I mean, not like super duper musical, yeah. but plenty of singing it in it to where you can kind of sort of see it when it starts happening. Exactly. With Mean Girls, it's like, I mean, if you hadn't seen the Broadway play, because I've seen the Broadway play, so I kind of know what it's going to be like going in. But if you didn't know that, you're just expecting the 2004 mm -hmm. more SNL done version of it. Then it's like, what am I watching right now? Well, to me, when you have more fantastical movies like Wonka, even Joker, that transition is not as abrupt to me. When I watch Mean Girls, I'm wanting to see the outfits from the 2000s. I'm wanting to see the styles, the acts, the, the Valley Girl acts. I'm wanting to see it all. That does not scream musical to me, nor to me, what really was off-putting was how they styled those characters. Regina George is not going to be in a skimpy looking cheap outfit. She's just not. Little things like that, coupled with the musical element, did not do it for me. There's a lot of little things about that movie I could say that I don't want to say, but I'm glad you're saying some of it. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's not mm -mm, one good. It's my favorite I, movie of the year, though. That's how bad movies have been this year. I appreciate <laughs> transparent marketing. Uh, I like when they're honest with the audience and they feel confident enough to promote what it actually is before people go spend their hard-earned money on these experiences. I want people to be rewarded when they go to the theater. And the reason why you're seeing streaming becoming such a giant is because people have had bad experience after bad experience going to the theater. You pay a hundred dollars to bring the family. You get a bunch of food that maybe isn't of the highest quality or maybe someone else in that theater ruins the experience for you. And you go, I'm never going to make this mistake again, or just the quality of films themselves don't deliver. And maybe the experience uh, was good for you, but the film left you feeling like you were ripped off. And you can try a million other options at home streaming with the highest end technology sitting there in front of your couch. However, I personally love the theatrical going experience. It is my favorite thing to go and do. Um, I have spent countless, countless amounts of hours in a movie theater in my life. And I want it to be at its very best in order to deliver for generations to come. So that way we continue to have the theatrical going experience. So I have tasked John Luntz for today with another edition of Luntz's List. I'm going to get EG. I don't know if you can wrangle Rockstar, but I mean, okay. he has a little ditty for this that I can't get out of my head. So you go. Okay. You go try to find I Rockstar. Gotcha. And I want him to be able to present be right this. Back. But I want you to talk about the mentality you had going into yeah. the Lance's list that I've assigned for you, John. So I have always loved the movie going experience for one reason or another since I was a little kid. But it has gone downhill. And look, a lot of this has to do with how the world shut down and tried to come back from COVID. And, you know, we talked about the streaming deals that were put in place when it came to movies in 2020 into 2021 um, the deal HBO had you know a, a lot of the universal movies coming straight to streaming so it kind of threw everything out of whack with that I feel like just the whole industry got thrown out of whack so I tried to say okay let's go back to 2019 because here's the biggest thing I, I so I always try to put all my lists list on uh, meltdown247.com after the fact so you can go through and kind of if you missed it the segment will be there and everything and I, I found this fact there have been six one billion plus movies since 2020 there were nine alone in just 2019 that shows how far the money has dipped. And I mean, we talk about it in the next round chat all the time. We talk about it here. We talk about it all over the place, all the problems as opposed to, Hey, this is cool that I saw at a theater. Hey, this is a cool experience. This is a cool movie that I saw. And there's just so many things that go into it. So it's like, let's go back to 2019. What did I enjoy? Let's go back to when theaters were first upgraded. What was the change there that made everybody's eyes light up? So it's like, what would that next step be? For me, that would make my eyes light up and say, okay, I enjoy going to movies again. So a majority of the, the theaters around us and really the uh, entire country are AMC. 
Uh, we have what four AMC options within 20 minutes of where we're currently located. Yep. So we primarily attend AMC theaters and they did do a lot of renovations right before the pandemic. Yep. <laughs> they bought up a lot of theaters. They did a lot of renovations and then and the theatrical distribution system absolutely yeah. collapsed. So uh, we're here trying to see if they can pick up the pieces and, and gain the momentum. They need quality films to do so, and they need people going out to support those. One thing that we support is Rockstar with his little uh, once's list thing. And I, I hate to say this, Rockstar, you're not being paid per performance, and I know that it's grinding <laughs> on you here. It's ridiculous. Um, I think it's written into a clause of your contract that you are forced to provide us this entertainment. So. The contract was written in crayon, yellow, <laughs> yellow crayon at that. You couldn't even see it. You so. need an attorney. Yeah, well, can I do the theme song? I've just been sitting in the hallway with a guitar. Please, I, I would ask for you to do that. Oh, my God. Well, it's a long season list with its long season list. Oh, oh. Well, it's a long season list with its this, long season list. Oh, oh. Longs is list to five. Longs is list to five. Come on now. Longs is list to five. Longs is list to five. Round of applause for Rockstar. He lives on applause. We love it. I have been singing that song all day long. EG can attest to that. Hey, yeah, I can totally talk. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> all right. Is that your agent? Yeah. Okay. No, it's just a. Uh, okay. Yes. Caucasian? Okay. <laughs> Okay, sounds like uh, Rockstar's doing his HR benefits there. So let's go ahead and get to Luntz's list. So the five things to improve the theatrical attendance experience, starting with number five, we are going with, it's very dramatic. Someone tell me what he's writing because I can't see anything. We've got R-E-A-L, real. Tickets. Ooh. Real tickets. I now, like what this is. I'm going to let John explain himself, but I used to collect every ticket I was ever given, every ticket stub I was ever given, and that went away. And it not only went away, it, it felt like it went away even before we started using our phones. Uh, it did. Yeah. Here's the thing. Okay. So this is number five. Yeah. I'm starting small. I'm working my way up. Oh, so you're saying one. that you're going to become more angry as this goes along. Yes. Okay. Um, so I, this, I thought about making an honorable mention. I thought about making this kind of combined with number five. I'm going to kind of combine it with number five. Basically real stuff in general at the theater, like physical goods. And in this day and age, we don't have physical goods anymore. We don't yeah. have physical newspapers anymore. You have the Dune popcorn bucket. If you want to get that and have fun, you can have fun. But... Look, there's not physical goods except for that and also an extremely overpriced. But what I would like, and, and probably the best thing they've ever given out at movies, or at least they do now, is the occasional poster that they give out when you come. Sometimes it's a full-size poster. When I, we saw uh, Across the Spider-Verse got a full-size poster. Sometimes we saw Scream. It's like a little bitty poster they give you. But it's something physical that you can actually hold. And we don't have tickets anymore. You mentioned collecting. I mean, imagine if you had this really cool collection. I used to collect, like, old Alabama football tickets when I'd go to games there. You collected, uh, I have like ro ro a Rose Bowl ticket from the 2009 game when Alabama played there. I have all these physical things, and now, I mean, went to the Rose Bowl this year. I have nothing physical to show for it other than remembering, you know. You have the scars that it left on yeah. you after Alabama <laughs> yeah. got beat by uh, Michigan. Alabama losing in <laughs> overtime. But, like, um, EG has scars on her feet, too, from it. Yeah, too. I do have scars <laughs> on my feet. Shout out Alabama cheer team for the uh, Band-Aids <laughs> they gave me. Uh. Uh, yeah, I wore <laughs> these same shoes, nice tennis shoes. I wore um, yeah, but physical things, and it starts with tickets. So that's why I chose tickets for this. It starts with tickets. I think it would kind of be cool, and I'm kind of including this with the tickets thing, but I think it would be cool if when you came out of a movie, hey, I love that movie. We're going to see Dune. I don't want to buy the popcorn bucket because it looks like you know what. I want to buy a T-shirt with the Dune, you know, written. You know, it's basically just like curves, different curves, and spell out D-U-N-E. Then I want, you know, um, a poster. I want to, I'll buy a poster of like what the actual theatrical poster was. Yep. I'll buy um, any kind of little trinket with it. I'll buy a commemorative ticket with it. Like a cool I think thing commemorative that I'll pay. tickets are the biggest 
misfire and they have been for movies for years people who will buy their tickets month in, months in advance you're telling me they wouldn't buy a commemorative ticket to remember the opening night and have that as being a part of their nerd I'll pay collection. 10 bucks for a really cool like oh, yeah. dune ticket with a cool picture and all that kind of stuff i mean that would be awesome to have so really just kind of physical items in general but i think tickets are the easiest way even if it's just the, the cheap paper ticket it's still the easiest way to do that. All right. I like that. Um, more merch, more physical items, more things for purchase, more even giveaways. Let's go ahead and move on to number four on Lunce's list of how to improve the theater going experience. I don't know why I divided up that word. <laughs> experience is what I was trying to say. And next we are going with. We've got an at star start on. We need to get a Time. Wheel of Fortune board in here where he can just touch the letters. Ooh, I would up. love that. We'll get like a little projector. He can touch them. Yeah, like yeah. Start on time. Now, I know that this is your list, but I've got to react here. What you're, I think, making the argument for is if the showtime is at 525, start the movie at 525 is what Amen. you're saying. Ding, ding, ding. You win. Now, let me say this. If, and Tyler's shaking his head, but let, let, me, let me explain. Okay, if a movie is two hours and one minute, and the advertised start time is 7, here's what happens. On the AMC app, because that's what we use here, if you add it to your calendar, it adds a two-hour and one-minute movie to start at 7 and end at 9.01. We all know that's not the truth. We all know that there's trailers, and it'll be 20 to 30 minutes more. And advertisements, too. And advertisements. Now, I think the way it should be is when you're watching the pre-show stuff, which I feel like they've kind of dropped that around here in a lot of movies, but... um, New V, Screen Vision, all these different things, depending on the theater, depending on where in the country you are, put the trailers there. I know they do featurettes and stuff on you know certain movies that are basically buying the time basically for advertisement, but put the trailers there. If you want to come early and watch the movie, you're playing that for 20, 30 minutes for the movie anyway. Throw in four or five trailers into that. If you want to see them, you can come early. If you don't, if I just want to watch the movie, how many people show up late to movies thinking, well, I don't care about watching the trailers, or I don't want to be spoiled by the trailers, or whatever it is, plus... Every single trailer, for the most part, is posted online well before you go into the theater. But the studios see that as a very valuable thing to have. People seated already. They're already at the theater, and they're making plans on when they're emotionally going to come back to the theater. So if you're, can you look at it from the studio's perspective and go, we oh, want I to force the studio's perspective to watch these trailers? Let me rephrase it the way it actually is. We want to force people to watch stuff they don't necessarily care That's to fair. watch. That's fair. So I'm trying to make the movie going I'm, experience. I'm, I'm just saying there's big business that no, comes into this. There's big business this. in every single thing that I'm mentioning today. It's just but I feel it's like not number, best for the consumer. I feel like number five was that's actually a way that it'll improve the consumer experience and it'll improve the, the revenue. Because at yeah, that well, point, you're not just a candy and popcorn seller. Oh, these aren't, aren't all helping right. you know, everybody. But it's about the longevity. It may hurt you. If the studio gets upset that trailers are not being played before a start time, or people's movie experiences are being disrupted by people showing up late to come into the film, then that's bad for business. So I just can't, I'm sorry to be disagreeable, but I'm just not sure number four is as important as what number four should be in this. You just can't plan because, I mean, I go see a movie like The Zone of Interest that's a foreign film. They may show two or three trailers before that. I go see the latest Marvel film. And there's 10 trailers before it. Because and commercial tie-ins. Dis- Disney wants to show everything that they possibly can. So that's the other thing. I can't plan. If I'm planning like, hey, I got a couple hours. You're, I mean, how many times are you going to see a movie killing time between here and poker or something like that? Like, you always have to try to give an extra bit of time, but you're never actually told, hey, there's three trailers they're going to play for. And look, I have no problem with if the movie's at 7. Say, movie's at 7, start time will be at 7.22. For the actual movie, and then when you put it in your calendar, when it auto goes in your calendar, it's based on how many trailers there are, how many advertisements. You know exactly when the movie's going to start because people are bringing up, "Hey, I need some grace period to come get to the movie." I understand that, but let me know yeah. when the movie's going to start. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what's going on back there, Tyler? You look very amped up. All right, so I agree. I I don't like that it doesn't show you when the movie starts, but also on the app it does say twenty minutes pre-show. Uh, but when you put it in your calendar, I have Dune for, I have Dune for uh, when we're going to see it Thursday. It says oh Dune gosh. Part Two starts at seven p.m. ends at nine forty-six p.m. because it's a two-hour and forty-six movie uh, minute movie. Lord knows how many trailers are going to show before Dune. I That's think true. this is turning into our first real disagreement in meltdown history, and I am in favor of. Won't be the last. 
of the previews being there beforehand to try to get all the riffraff settled down so we can sit down and enjoy the movie because the worst thing in the world is a bunch of people shuffling around while you're trying to get interested in some sort of cinematic trailer experience. you've already seen five times online. I'd Not re- only that, but you've got the social aspect what? too. I like sitting there during the trailer, and then after that, I say, "Ooh, we should see that. That looks good." Yeah, see, it, 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 um, it. That's talking during the movie. Heightens the imagination of, for instance. <laughs> I hate talking during the movie. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Okay, I watched uh-huh. that trailer on my phone on Super Bowl Sunday because that's when it dropped, and it was very good, and I was very hyped up for it. Saw it on the big screen. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it took me to a whole nother level of like. Hey, you know what? Show up at 655 and you'll see it. Okay. All right. We're not going to I'm not taking trailers one. away. I know, but you're just, you're, what you're doing the movies is. Movies at seven. We're, we're done with the show here at three. We got four hours to kill. Let's go watch some trailers. You can't reteach the public your new system, I don't think, and make it happy for everybody. That's, That's all I'm saying. That, it's not me. It's the kids that are wrong. Number three on Luntz's list is what we're going to get to next. These are the five ways to actually fix the movie going experience. And I'm sure that the uh, chat has uh, plenty of options that they're throwing out there as well. All right. Number three, where are we going here? Let's see. What does it say? Make rules. You're the only way I know what is being said because he he's a good offensive lineman. Enforce. He blocks me. Enforce. I can't see now. Enforce them. Okay, this is interesting. Make rules. <laughs> enforce them. I feel like that is. Let me let me throw this out. <laughs> I ran this out is room. my interpretation. My interpretation is if you have a strict no cell phone policy, if someone was to pull out their cell phone during a film, they get tased and drug out of the movie theater, and then they get a liter of coke poured on top of their head. Maybe not that extreme, but hey. That was my that interpretation. That would set a precedent. Some, sometimes the punishment fits the crime. That was I my mean, interpretation. Um, all right, so Alamo Drafthouse does a good job of this. They play a, a bit before their movies where they actually kick somebody out, and it's very strict. Like, if you even think about pulling your phone out, they are not against kicking you out of the movie. Don't they have, like, a mockery ad campaign beforehand where it's they... A, it, yeah, it's like a person calls and leaves a voicemail. Yeah. Like, they're super angry that they kicked them out because they were just sitting there, like, texting on their phone. And they have a very strict, like, yeah. here are the rules. And if you break these, we are not afraid to kick you out. And with number four on Lunch's list, nobody would see that ad campaign because everyone would be showing <laughs> up and the movie would be playing and people would be like, sit down, and then it would create a lot of friction. Sorry. And then I would get kicked out for being like, well, it's been 30 minutes, start the movie. But, like... Alamo does a good job of this. There have been a million bad experiences that we can all go back and recount. We've been in multiple movies, the two of us, where somebody started smoking in the middle of the movie. At that point, they need to be banned for life at that point. Do you remember what those two movies were? Kong Skull Island was one. Kong Skull Island was one. I don't remember the other one. I don't remember the other one either. (laughs) That's the one I remembered. I hope you had the other piece of the puzzle. Let me ask the chat. By the way, I thought it was like a 4D experience. I'm like... Kong Skull it really Island. <laughs> it kind of feels like helicopter smoke is in here, and you know, yeah. like yeah, it, it's if you're going to make rules, and look, the thing is, they have guidelines. I'm sure somewhere posted in the theater. I don't know, but like enforce the rules. Um, you can't do certain things, and I have no problem with it. They look. I went to go see uh, the Black Phone a couple weeks earlier than it actually was released. That's it the was Ethan a, Hawke movie, Blumhouse, scary, creepy phone. And it was just like a, they called it an investor's thing. I'm not an investor in AMC, but it was just like on the app. You could go a couple weeks early. So my wife and I went, but when we went, they made you put your phones in a bag and they took them like at the customer service area and you could not go in with the phone. And it was kind of, look, I'm somebody who pulls my phone out to be, to be like, where have I seen that actor from before or something? But if they made that the rule, I would not pull it out. And it actually was kind of fun for once not to be tempted by my phone sitting there playing on it, doing, you know, seeing what actor that person yeah. was in or, Hey, you know, I, I, you know, somebody texted me from work or something like that. It was actually kind of cool. So if you make a very strict, no cell phone policy, the minute that screen opens up, which every movie, multiple people pull their phones out every time you're gone, done. If that's the rules of the theater, that's the rules of the theater. And well, just, I've ah. yet to see those rules be enforced at all, which is right? why they need to enforce them. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't disagree. I don't either. I like number three. All right, let's move on to number Deuce. Can I give two. you guys a prediction at what number one should be? Is this from the this chat? Is from the chat. Yeah, yeah. We'll take it. Charles says number one should be start taking chances on original stories again. Think about all of the weird stuff that came out of the 80s. You'll never see films like that again. 
We'll see, Charles, what there, number one there is. There is no doubt that the content that's being shown is what gets people the most amped up to enjoy the theatrical experience. You've got to have both. You've got to have the foundational support of the theaters themselves, and you've got to have the art being implemented into that to create the best experience with consumer-friendly policies. And right now, we're trending towards theaters becoming absolutely obsolete with being a very frequent thing that you can experience. It's going to become, I think, a little bit more niche if we're not careful and we uh, trend further on towards just movies that people don't want to see, which we have a litany of them in theaters right now as we speak, uh, and then bad consumer practices and just generally people trying to distance themselves from people who ruin a lot of fun. So all of these things are swirling into how do we fix this thing? So let's move on to number two. I will two. say there yeah. are a lot of incredible original stories out there. Just the theaters, this will go, this will go along to the theater uh-huh. as opposed to the studio. The theaters do want to show, you know, insert big budget movie in, on 10 of their screens. There are tons of incredible original movies out there. The Holdovers was an original movie, and that's what both of, like the one movie we both can agree on being one of the best of the year. Um, even if it's adapted from books or something, I wouldn't consider that like sequels, remakes, stuff like that, that I would consider somewhat original for cinema, that it's out there, but you kind of have to work to find it. Everyone says they want original content, but are you willing to show up and support original content? Because that is a whole other story. All right, yes. number two. All right. Looking to fix the theater-going experience. Make it perfect for as many people as possible. Last movie I saw in a theater was... I think it was The Promised Land, which I talked about yesterday. Mads Mikkelsen. Special? Nope. Yeah, more special screens. Okay. I agree with this one already. Um, We're seeing Dune Part 2 in AMC Prime, which I think is the best theater in the state. I really do feel that way. Now, it is not the best form of viewing that exists within AMC or movie theaters. It is the best that we have in Birmingham. And I say all that to say we have four major AMCs within a 30-minute drive of where we are right now. And among all four of those, there's a 16, uh, 15, a 10, two 10s. Anyway, that's how many screens there are. So there's over 50 screens that we could access. And there's one IMAX that is old and starting at rundown, one prime and one big D theater that I've only been in once and it's not very good. There's no Dolby theaters. There's no second options for IMAX. As far as AMC is concerned, there is a premiere that has a big screen. It's not called IMAX, but it's basically IMAX. But there's not enough options. When I was out, and I know comparing yeah. LA to Birmingham is, is, you know, apples and oranges and a lot of, regards but you might as well say when i was literally in hollywood i mean yes um but i I mean the we went to one amc multiple times and there's an imax and a prime and a dolby theater and a big d theater all within one and then every single amc you go to it's kind of that way there's an imax at every one of them there's a prime at every one of them and the biggest problem with that is you lose access to movies very quickly and the prime example was this past summer with Barbenheimer, okay, two massive movies, two of the top three movies of the year, financially nominated for all the awards, everything come out. And Oppenheimer, due to what it is, is going to get the big screens, and Barbie gets shifted, if it ever is in the big screens, to the daytime when a lot of people can't view it. And guess what? Both of those kicked Mission Impossible off that came out the week before. That's true. Because there's nowhere to go see it. So if you didn't go watch Mission Impossible the day it came out, and if you didn't go to watch you know, Barbie at noon on a weekday, you're not going to see those on the best screens with the best sound systems with the best seats, all that possible. The reason Prime is the best is it's the only one that has a, a somewhat bigger than average screen, has a somewhat better than average sound system, and somewhat better than average seats. It just happens to have all three of those. IMAX has a bigger screen and sound, but terrible seats. Uh, the Big D has terrible seats as well, and it's not as big a screen as IMAX or, or good a sound system. We literally have one theater that when a new movie comes out, we have to go to that one. It's pretty much the only option we have. Another thing about Prime that's really great is that the entire rest of the theater is blacked out to where the only thing you're seeing is the screen minus someone using their cell phone, which according to number three on Lunce's list should ban them permanently. They should be drug to the guillotine 
and taken out right in front of the entire crowd, depending on what type of movie you're watching. If it's rated R, that's the way we go. That's my enforcement. I think I went one step too far. I think now that I play it back in my head, that's something I would not say on air that I said on air. Troy said I basically want my retinas burned and my eardrums busted. Like, I kind of do too. Make it as big and loud as humanly possible. we're ever going to get to a future where they install headphone jacks into, oh, did you just give me a... Hold on. You just gave me a hold on. Is that a prediction for something? Okay, don't get there yet. Um... Maybe you can go start to draw or whatever, but I'm going to uh, tell you about a little bit of a uh, horrendous movie theater experience that I had, and it was uh, chipping my tooth on popcorn. <laughs> the kernel, it was not popped, and it got me bad, and I was in a lot of pain, and I had been in a situation where I had had a really bad dentist experience, and I didn't have a dentist to go to immediately because I was in so much pain, I knew I had to do something, and I reached out to a dentist that I'd heard from uh, about from a friend, and it ended up being something that has made me actually happy to go to the dentist. I don't think anyone, let's be honest, loves going to the dentist. If you do, you're a weirdo. But this place, <laughs> in my opinion, is the best dentist experience that you can have here in the state of Alabama. Alabama Dental Associates, they provide specialized care in both general and cosmetic dentistry. When I had a problem, Dr. Brian took care of it, and they did it in a way that it was convenient for my schedule. They're open late. They're open until 7 o'clock Monday through Thursday, open till 5 o'clock on Fridays, and they're even open on Saturdays from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can book your appointment with Dr. Brian or Dr. Jeff or any of the great doctors there at Alabama Dental Associates by calling 205-956-8977. That's 956-8977. Or you can visit them online at alabamadental.com. All right, number one on Luntz's list, we are ready to unveil the best way to fix the theater-going experience for the masses. I feel like I, I have, now I have not... I have not seen the answers on Luntz's list, but I feel like John gave me a pause for a second. You're getting too warm to spoiling something in number one. So I'm getting ready here to see what John is writing. I think we've got an acronym. Dare I say branding? What is it, Sunsford? This one's going to take what some is explanation. This? Okay. All right. So. I already hate this, and I haven't heard it <laughs> because I, I don't know why you have a whole marketing campaign when this is... <laughs> Just a silly thing we do, but I'd love to hear it. Take the floor. This is what I'm calling C plus plus C plus S stands for separated. This all pretty much has to do with seating. So I kind of lumped it into one separated. The best theaters that I have been to are ones that have groups of two completely separated. So I'm not talking So the way our theaters are here, like prime, for instance, it's couple seating. Essentially, with an armrest, you can pull up between the two of us sitting in a couple seat. Doesn't necessarily work like me and my wife, or you and your wife, or you and Tyler in a in a, a couple seat because y'all want to go see our girl together. Tyler, I love you. Um, and so it's like it, it's it's not the way to go to have the couple seats all mashed together. The other thing is, if you happen to get the odd seat on both of those, it's very awkward sitting with some person in a couple seat. Basically, you don't know. The best I've seen. Probably the best I've seen is a, a theater chain called IPIC that I've been to one in New York and Atlanta that they basically do two-person pods that are kind of surrounded. I mean, it's very easy to fall asleep in them, but it's super comfortable if you can watch the movie without falling asleep. But two-person seats, but then also have some single seats that, like, if you and I are sitting in single seats, we're this far apart, like, seating-wise. I mean, it may be the same recliner that I get at some of the AMC theaters, but we're this far apart. Um, I think just separating things out a little bit now. Do you lose some seats that way? Sure. But guess what? When they upgrade to the bigger seats anyway, how many seats are you potentially losing? And guess what? The butts ain't in the seats anyway. So make it a more luxury experience. And I know we have a list, but I'm willing to pay to have a better experience like that. That's the S separated number. Oh, we're or, just one leg into this. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on real quick. This is such a cheat for number one, by the way, because it's, it's four things or five things. It, it's four things. Okay. I just put the plus cause everything's plus Apple plus Disney plus, you know, ESPN Paramount plus, plus ESPN hey, plus pretty soon. I know it's only day two. We'll be launching meltdown plus yeah, coming, coming to you coming very, soon. very, very soon. All, All right. right. So the S is separated, separating seats out, 
make it more of a, an intimate experience. Here's my thing. I love the movie theater going experience, but I don't like sitting next to people. I mean, <laughs> hold on. I love seeing no, hold a on, new hold movie on, with a out. big crowd. I just hate the people. No, hear, hear me That's out. That's what okay. I heard. So the four of us in this room, we have three or four feet at least between all of us. We're not Today all four. We we're a not, week ago. <laughs> yeah, we're not all four sitting like side by side right no. now, like really close to each other. We're bigger guys. We need to spread out and kind of, you know, spread our wings a little bit. But if you separate the seats out, everywhere I've been that the seats are separated, guess yeah. what? I have never once not had the interaction from the crowd still. I have an intimate experience watching the movie, and I can still hear laughter. I can still hear gasp in a horror movie. I can still hear whatever it is and still have my intimate experience while ex- experiencing every other aspect of the movie theater except being crowded next to somebody, somebody sneezing next to me right after COVID happened, whatever it may be. So separating the seats really helps. So we are still on S. We're still on S. Okay, e. let's get to E. Let's get to E. E is educated placement. And I say educated placement for, this is, this is hard to implement right now. But imagine, if you will, a theater that doesn't go straight. Instead, imagine a theater that curves a little bit. Ooh, curves to where I sat, when I went to go see the Zone of Interest, this is just the most recent one off the top of my head. When I went to go see the zone of interest, I sat all the way to the left because I like to sit in the aisle. Well, the entrance was on the right. The emergency exit was on the left, too. So when I looked straight ahead, I was staring at the wall. I had to turn and watch the entire movie like this to actually see the center of the screen. If the seats were curved a little bit, I would kind of curve in and be facing where the screen is. Now, I went to a theater in Orlando, a Cinemark down there, to see Black Adam because it just happened to be the movie that came out that week. It was awful. But I sat that way and was facing. I was on the aisle, but I was curved, and I was facing the um, the screen. And so curving, educated placements on where you actually place the seats, you're not sitting all the way over to the side, that would help things. That's the E. All right, the A. A. The A, audio. I think a headphone jack in seats would be incredible. I actually had that written down already. Um, Maybe include speakers in the seats. You know, maybe something like that, so it's more intimate sound experience. But I think doing something like that would be, um, I, I think that would help people with the audio because audio has been not very good lately for me in a lot of theaters, including Prime. Audio has not been very good. If I can control that myself, that would make things a lot better. And then the T, take it away. If a seat is broken, if the recliner doesn't work, the headphone jack that doesn't exist but we're putting in the seats doesn't no. work, if something about the seat doesn't work, don't make it available on the app. I have had three times in the last three months that I have gone to a movie here and the seat I have sat in has not worked, whether it be the heater, the recliner, all the above. It just got unplugged from somewhere, and I'm like, okay, I expected to sit back and relax and enjoy the film, and I couldn't sit back and relax because I was kind of sitting up. I always kick my, my footrest out. It's there for a reason. I'm going to that theater for a reason. I chose that over one that doesn't have a reclining feature to it. If it doesn't work, remove it from the app. Don't let me purchase it because I'm expecting something. And I have A-list, but somebody who doesn't have A-list may have paid more money for that seat, and they had a subpar experience because of that. So when you go to book your tickets, it's almost like playing a game of Minesweeper where you're just trying to avoid what would be the rotten seat of the bunch. Correct. There are a lot of people I've seen that maybe haven't been to the movies in a long time, and they show up to go see a film and they think they're just going to walk up to the counter and purchase whatever it is that they want. And then they either get confused because the attendant is having to turn the screen around and saying, okay, this is the, where the actual screen's going to be. What seat do you want? They're like, well, I don't know which one to choose. And then all of a sudden it's holding up the line. First time I did that Blade Runner 2049 sat on the front. Cause I thought it was the back. Yeah. I mean, it it's tricky. I mean, you're not prepared for it. You already are trying to figure out your menu options. And I understand there's a lot of people who just want to walk up get a ticket like the old days and go sit in any seat they want. Just doesn't work that way anymore. So be prepared if you are going, you know what? I'm going to go back to the theater. I haven't been in 40 years. Just be prepared. Uh, It's that way now. So you basically have to book everything through your phone. Yes. Which I prefer. Oh, I do too. You are able to show up a little bit later if you don't want to sit through the previews, if you time it out right, which is a gamble. Uh, but you can uh, know that your seat of choice is already reserved for yourself. I've had people in my seats before, and that's always an awkward situation. We got a whole story about a road that didn't even exist. We went to go see Thor Ragnarok. We had booked, the minute tickets went on sale, we booked 
the final, the very back row of Thor Ragnarok. We get there, and it is a row that did not exist. We not only booked the tickets, we booked Star Wars. I can't remember if it was episode seven. I think it was episode eight when uh, Last Jedi came out at the same time. And we got the back row for both, and the back row is P. We got row P for Star Wars. We did literally the same thing, the exact same seats, two times, boom, boom, really quick. We got row P for Star Wars. We got row, row Q. Q. We got oh. row Q for Thor Ragnarok. And we walk <laughs> in the theater for the first showing, and I'm like, you're in our seats. And it's like, uh-uh, this is row P. And it's like, well, no, we're the back row, row Q. It's like, row Q doesn't exist. We went and talked to the people there. They're like, sorry, you can come to the later showing. We, exactly. don't, know to, we don't know what to do for you. My wife was actually at the show before that, before we started dating, and she constantly brings up whenever anything happens with seating, whether it's at a sporting event, a movie, whatever. She's like, I can't, I will never forget when you and Tim were about to kill somebody because y'all couldn't get your seat right for Thor. And all you had to do is just come back for the next movie. It wouldn't have been a big, as big a deal because she was there seeing it with her friends. And it's like, Here's you don't understand. We were furious because we had booked it so far in advance to make sure we got the exact seats we wanted. And then somebody sitting in our seats, oh, wait, it was AMC that messed up. If you can't tell, this issue is very personal to John, and he takes a lot of pride in trying to fix it, but sometimes you just run into those technical glitches like being sold a row of seats that does not exist. I don't think I remember the story the same way your wife, who not at the time was your wife, but became your wife, remembers the story because I didn't want to kill anyone over it, even though I did want to guillotine somebody about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I was mad. But you were angry, and you were also the driver, and you drove angry, when we had to then kill three hours by going and eating somewhere. Or you know why we had to kill three hours? Because they had all the trailers before the movie. <laughs> uh, Andrew asked if it was a handicap row. It was, but it was not the handicap part of it. It was the part we sat for every other movie perfectly fine. It just, for that one, for some reason, AMC glitched and gave a row that didn't exist for it. I have two honorable mentions. I'm going to throw in there real quick. You've number got, one. You've got you, the floor. Number one got to fix movie theater nachos. I have brought that up a million times. Movie theater nachos used to be the thing. I used to love going to our local Cobb theaters, what it was, became Regal eventually, um, down the road from where I grew up. The nachos were incredible. The, 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 look, I know it all comes out of a package at some point, but now they give it to you prepackaged, and the cheese is hard and brown. It's gross. The chips are gross. They're cold. It is one of the worst things to possibly eat. I tried it a year ago. When I went to go see Skinner Marink, which by the way, that movie's super quiet and crinkling chips is not the best way to do that. <laughs> and number two, I tried it. Uh, mean, I tried it in Mean Girls. I tried Mean Girls this year. It's the first movie I saw this year, and it was awful there. So they need to fix nachos. I have I have one quick fix for you. You love cheese. The cheese curds at Culver's, oh, chef's kiss. I'll take those in every day. You didn't hear me say that, AMC. Yeah. Um, the other, and I think that, I, this almost made my list, is make certain showings, and it had to be later at night. Make certain showings. I don't care whether it's a Saw movie or it's a Pixar movie, 18 plus. You absolutely cannot come in if you're not 18 or older. So that means, you know, radar movie, you can come in with a kid if you, like, bring them in. It doesn't matter. If you're 17 or below, you absolutely cannot enter the theater no matter what. It is 18 plus adults only showings. And it can be Pixar movies. We'll go watch Pixar movies. They're good for adults, too. But there's a ton of kids in those. If I could go see Inside Out 2 coming out without having a bunch of kids in there screaming and crying, John, this it is would be becoming great. a list of how you get away from people that frustrate you, I feel like. Because but if we're all there, it's fine. A, how is a I just theater, don't want kids screaming in it. I don't want a kid screaming either, but how is a theater going to go? Plus no, show. we refuse to sell tickets to make you know. it make it your eight or nine o'clock showing. I'm not saying make it all the time. But have like one showing in one theater for one movie, yeah. like whatever the big movie is, it's an eighteen plus showing. And we can go in, we can all enjoy it, enjoy each other's company without the worst is when you go to like a radar movie and there are still kids screaming and it's like, where on earth did these kids come from? So I think that would benefit. Tyler seems to agree. Oh yeah, for sure. So when I went to see Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, there were lots of kids there Mm -hmm. as as there should be because it's a Spider-Man movie, but the kids were doing backflips over the rails that separate the sections and sprinting and landing like Spider-Man They were down inspired. The they were inspired. And then the same thing oh, happened God. again for Across the Spider-Verse. They were inspired, man, okay? You need to just accept. <laughs> and it's not like I'm going to the matinee showings where it's like, you know, kids are getting off school and moms will take See, them. See, I went to the first or, showing of Super Mario Brothers when it came out, and it was at 3 o'clock, and there was a 40-person birthday party of, like, four-year-olds in kids there. kids' movies. See, it, what do you exactly. expect? I'm going to the 9 and 10 o'clock but at night showings. I'll go see it at 9 o'clock at night if they, stay, if they stay out of there. 
I'm well. Here's what I'm doing. I'm talking to people who don't have kids. I have kids. It's like saying I go to okay. Chuck E. Cheese for the pizza, and there's all these kids there. No, and they're no, wearing no, these no, birthday no. hats, and they're they're using the tokens. And look, I'm not gonna complain. I get Mario's a kids movie, but what I am gonna yeah. complain about is when I go see a scary movie, and it's still the same way. When I go see, oh, yeah, if, if you go see John Wick, and there's a little kid in there, it, a little kid doesn't need to go and up. see John Wick. I mean. I have, a, I have a I have a story about that uh, for sure. I will share one day about exactly. kids not uh, being in the appropriate theater at the right time. I went and saw one of the Conjuring movies. I think it was The Conjuring Three, and there was just tons of kids, and I was like, "See, you're coming, I can't you're coming along." Yeah. yeah, but that's different. That's different. <laughs> How does that even happen for like a a party or a group event? Mm, it happened. It was a memorable day for those kids. I promise you that. All right, uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the Meltdown. I don't think you have anything else, do you, John? Any other? Oh, gripes? I can complain for a long Let's time. Let's not if do you that any to. longer. Okay. Let's not do I'm that sorry. any longer. One thing we're not complaining about—that's our title sponsor, My Bookie, John. Yeah, go to mybookie.ag. Use co- promo code Next Round. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Mybookie.ag. This has been episode two of the Meltdown. Presented by MyBookie, broadcasting live from the Culver Studios. We will be back here again tomorrow, 2 o'clock Central, right here, however you're watching us. Thank you for your participation. 